Today's broadcast was originally recorded on June 12th, 2023. In my administration, I'm going to enforce all laws concerning the protection of classified information. No one will be above the law. We also need to fight this battle by collecting intelligence and then protecting, protecting our classified secrets. We can't have someone in the Oval Office who doesn't understand the meaning of the word confidential or classified. One of the first things we must do is to enforce all classification rules and to enforce all laws relating to the handling of classified information. We also need the best protection of classified information. Service members here in North Carolina have risked their lives to acquire classified intelligence to protect Mm -hmm. our country. Mm -hmm. Oh, 2016, I remember you well. So does Jack Smith, by the way. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast. That's heard on KPFK, 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI and Round Mountains KKRN. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW. Lanchester, Pennsylvania's W News, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ. Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. In Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR and... Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950 KTNF, amongst other fine affiliates. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internets. On the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us for another thrilling edition of the Bradcast, sort of an historic uh, edition of the Bradcast, now that we know what uh, (laughs) Donald Trump, now that we know a lot more about what Donald J. Trump did in order to bring the 37 federal felony counts against himself, including detailed testimony from his own attorney, uh, who he tried on several occasions to trick into committing a crime for him. After a weekend of talking heads and supposed experts on the TV machine talking about it all, I thought it would be good to get your thoughts finally today on where things stand and where they're uh, going in the wake of the first, if long overdue, Federal criminal indictment of a former president of the United States. 
Our phone number will be 818-985-5735. If you'd like to ring in, write it down. If you're uh, in our live listening area in Southern California or listening from anywhere else on the kpfk.org web stream. Please note our uh, flagship station here in LA, Pacifica's KPFK, is in Fun Drive once again. So when you call at 818-985-5735, please hit number uh, button number one if you would like to join us on air, or number two if you wish to donate to Pacifica Radio's Los Angeles station KPFK, which is really much appreciated and very much needed right around now. But before we get to your calls, there are only a few things as of now that we uh, that we really know to expect, Desi Doyen, uh, as yes. far as where this all goes. We're all sort of learning as we go. How are you, Des? Yes, it is kind of, you know, uh, uncharted territory. Kind I of. Mean, we do understand how the legal system works, the criminal justice system, the basics of procedure. But yeah, this is new. This is new. So there's really only a few things that we know. For example, on Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, Trump is scheduled to surrender to federal authorities in Miami and appear for his arraignment on those 37 felony counts related to his theft of tens of thousands of documents from the White House, many of them highly classified. A few hours later, after that, at uh, 8.15 p.m., uh, if my uh, numbers are right here, or 5.15 p.m. Pacific, Trump is scheduled to make remarks from his golf club in Bedminster, New Jersey, in case you want to tune in for that. What he will say, we don't know how he will plead in his arraignment. We also don't actually know, though presumably he will plead innocent on all charges, as he's already claimed he is many times, even though the evidence against him appears to be exceptionally damning, at least to those of us who bothered to read the actual indictment. Did you? And uh, despite the fact that uh, if I were his lawyer, which I am not, I would strongly advise him to offer a plea deal somehow in exchange for not receiving any prison time at this point. But perhaps that's one of the reasons I'm not his lawyer. Also, because I'm not a lawyer. In any event, uh, that's about all that we actually know at this time. Uh, other than what is in the uh, four corners of the indictment, it has not kept many from speculating, however, about what is about to happen and what could happen, where all this goes. If you have any such thoughts, I would welcome them. Please give me a call, 818-985-KPFK. I do welcome your input, uh, by the way, whether I may agree with it or not. In fact, if I don't, I'll, uh, I'll try to push you to the top of the, uh, top of the line. One point that some have somewhat justifiably been concerned about is what may happen outside of the courthouse in Miami on Tuesday before Trump is arraigned. And if we might be looking forward to another January 6th type attempt at stopping a lawful government proceeding. While there are reasons to worry about what an angry lone wolf type operator might do, the uh, threat of an organized, if that's the right word, an organized assault on the courthouse, according to national security experts, that at least seems to be less likely. As national security analyst, uh, formerly at DHS and a professor of uh, Harvard's Kennedy uh, School, Juliet uh, Kayeme, I think that's how you say her name, Kayeme, uh, explained in a Twitter thread on Monday, quote, 
a couple of things to consider, to weigh for the next few days that cut in a variety of ways, she writes. One, the words of Trump and his supporters are hot. The coordination, however, is not. This is not January 6th, she says. The more established right-wing groups are disorganized. Their leaders are in jail. They've turned against each other. Two, Trump is not in charge, nor, here, nor can he direct police or military assets. Three, local, state, and federal authorities have considerable notice to organize and now know that this is not a drill. Four, still... This is Florida, not New York City, and the pool of people likely to support Trump is bigger, she warns. Five, within Magaland, there is a clear understanding that Trump did not bail the uh, January 6th defendants out and cannot do so now. Six, and this is a big mitigating factor, it seems to me. Uh, six, it only takes one person in Miami or elsewhere, and the guns are real. So I think that concern of the uh, one-off is greater than some organized move, she says. Number seven, the protesters in support of Trump are asserting their First Amendment rights because we are a democracy. But if anybody might listen to me, I wouldn't bother with counter-protesting, she writes. Let it be. It will be over in a few hours. Troll people on Twitter instead. Juliet Kayame uh, warns or, or advises. Uh, troll people on Twitter or perhaps troll them right here on the radio over your public airwaves, if you like. Uh, while they are at least somewhat still owned by the public, my phone number is 818 985 5735. Anyway, uh, she points to, she says, I'm, uh, I'm not panicked, she concludes. If that were a threat category, uh, but I know how incitement works, and I know that panic is what is intended. And she is right, at least on the intent to panic people, to panic people about what may happen. Don't fall for it. The manipulation of how you feel, his ability to bend reality, is at the very heart of Trump's magic and his own authoritarian fascist movement. There is no reason to panic or fear accountability. It is normal. It's the right thing to do. No matter how powerful the one being held accountable feels that he may be. That said, there are reasons to remain vigilant, of course, and shamefully, many of those reasons are now uh, thanks to people who should and absolutely do actually know better. I'm talking, of course, about elected officials and some wannabe elected officials. As the New York Times reported over the weekend, the federal indictment of President Donald J. Trump has unleashed a wave of calls by his supporters for violence and an uprising to defend him. In social media posts and public remarks, close allies of Mr. Trump, including a member of Congress, have portrayed the indictment as an act of war called for retribution, and highlighted the fact that much of his base carries weapons. The calls to action and threats have been amplified on right-wing media sites and have been met by supportive responses from social media users and cheers from crowds who have become conditioned over several years by Trump and his allies to see any effort to hold him accountable as an assault against him. 
Experts on political violence warn that attacks against people or institutions become more likely when elected officials or prominent media figures are able to issue threats or call for violence with impunity, which, I will add, still remains the case for now. The uh, pro-Trump mob that attacked the Capitol on January 6, 2021, was drawn to Washington by a post on Twitter from Trump weeks earlier, promising that it would be, quote, wild. We have now reached a war phase. That was a tweet from Arizona's Republican Congressman Andy Biggs before the indictment was even unsealed. He added, quote, eye for an eye. On Instagram, Mr. Trump's eldest son's fiance, Kimberly Guilfoyle, formerly of Fox News, posted a photo of the former president with the words, quote, retribution is coming in all capital letters. And in Georgia, perhaps most most pathetically, the uh, at the Republican state convention in Georgia over the weekend, Carrie Lake, the former TV anchor and vice presidential wannabe and, yes, loser of the Arizona gubernatorial election last year in 2022, who refused to concede. Well, Carrie Lake offered this statement on Saturday at the Georgia State Republican Party convention to the cheers from the crowd, emphasizing that many of Trump's supporters owned guns. I have a message tonight from Merrick Garland and Jack Smith and Joe Biden. And the guys back there in the fake news media, you should listen up as well. This one's for you. If you want to get to President Trump, you're going to have to go through me and you're going to have to go through 75 million Americans just like me. And I'm going to tell you, yep, most of us are card-carrying members of the NRA. That's not a threat. That's a public service announcement. Yeah. Kind of sounded actually like a threat to me. It did to me as well. So, yeah. But listen, don't be cowed by losers like Carrie Lake or Andy Biggs or Kimberly Guilfoyle. The panic and the worry that they instill in you, that is how they think they win. It is how fascism works. Standing up, standing up to it, that's how fascism loses. On right-wing Pete Santilli's talk show, the far-right provocateur declared that if he were the uh, commandant of the Marine Corps, he would order, quote, every single Marine to grab President Biden, throw him in freaking zip ties in the back of a freaking pickup truck and get him out of the White House. One of his guests said that if it were legal and if he had access, he would, quote, probably walk in and shoot General Mark A. Milley, the chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, who Trump has identified as one of his enemies. Really? And I suppose if you say if it was legal, if I had access, that makes it okay to talk about walking in and shooting the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff? Really? Do you think that's okay? Give me a call. If so, I'd love to know why. 818-985-KPFK. 
Political violence experts say that even if aggressive language by high-profile individuals does not directly end in physical harm, it creates a dangerous atmosphere in which the idea of violence becomes more accepted, especially if such rhetoric is left unchecked. So far, the politicians who have used this rhetoric to inspire people to violence have not been held accountable, noted Mary McCord, a former senior Justice Department official who has studied the ties between extremist rhetoric and violence. Quote, until that happens, there's little determined, uh, deterrent to using this type of language. And it's right. She's right. Rhetoric like this has consequences, said Timothy uh, Heafy, the lead investigator of the select House committee that investigated the January 6th attack on the Capitol and Trump's efforts to remain in the White House after his presidency by trying to steal the election. Quote, people who were interviewed for the January 6th investigation said they came to the Capitol because politicians and the president told them to be there. Politicians think that when they say things, it's just rhetoric, but people listen to it and they take it seriously. And in this climate, politicians need to realize this and be more responsible. Which is true. And Jack Smith, frankly, needs to bring his other case, the one against those who called for and organized the attempt to overthrow the U.S. government on January 6th in a failed attempt to steal the 2020 election. That other case, the one that could or at least should result in many of those people being locked up as soon as possible at this point. As to the stunning case that uh, he has brought against the former president as of now, as you may have heard, 23 American citizens randomly chosen for a grand jury in South Florida last week voted to indict the former president on 37 criminal charges in connection with his purposeful theft and mishandling of documents. Many of them marked as highly classified, recovered last year at his Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida during a warranted FBI search after a year and a half of his multiple refusals to simply return those documents to the federal government. And what we now know to be attempts to trick his very own attorneys into lying about or even destroying those documents on his behalf. That, after you heard at the top of the show, uh, one comment after another from Donald Trump back in 2016 talking about the importance of protecting our classified documents, our classified secrets, and how, oh, Hillary Clinton, what she did was outrageous. She needs to be locked up. He'll make sure that sort of thing doesn't happen again. Did he? Apparently not. He did it himself and far worse. The indictments against Trump include 31 counts for, quote, willful retention of national defense information, not classified documents specifically, but national defense information, each of which, each of those 31 counts is a clear violation of the Federal Espionage Act, which makes it a crime if someone deliberately retains national defense material, quote, and fails to deliver it to the officer or employee of the United States entitled to receive it. And I just want to point out that when it comes to national defense information, 
classification status is irrelevant. It, it is. doesn't matter if it's classified or, or declassified. It doesn't matter if Trump looked at it and insisted his mind declassified. It doesn't matter. Retention of it after it's been requested, too, is the part where he broke the law. At least under the Espionage Act, which was created before we even had the classification system. That's why this is all about willful retention of national defense information, whether classified or not. Another count uh, charges Trump <clears throat> with with conspiracy to obstruct justice for, among other things, conspiring along with a personal aide to actually hide classified documents from the FBI. He also charged he's also charged with withholding documents, corruptly concealing documents and making false statements to law enforcement authorities. The potential prison sentence for Donald Trump, at least on paper, adds up to as many as, are you sitting down, 420 years in prison. Even though, frankly, uh, that seems unlikely. Convictions like this almost never result in the maximum sentence, though I will note that a reality winner who released one classified document to the media trying to warn them about what actually happened that we know happened in 2016 during the election there when, yes, Russian uh, uh, hackers attempted to access our voting system computers. She received, for releasing that one document, she really received five years and three months in prison. Donald Trump, Trump has been charged with uh, having 31 of those documents, though, in fact, uh, he stole many, many more. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. The potential prison sentences uh, might be 420 years, but as the Times editorial board argues, this indictment confronts the country with a harrowing prospect of a former president facing years behind bars, even as he runs to regain the White House. Along with his previous indictment in New York State just uh, weeks ago, Donald J. Trump is now facing a total of 71 criminal felony charges overall as he runs for office, with more likely to come this summer from both Jack Smith and Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney Fonnie Willis. Even Trump's own wildly corrupt former attorney general, Bill Barr, argued on Fox News on Sunday. Bill Barr on Fox News argued that Trump is in serious, serious trouble or, as he put it, he's toast. And I think the counts under the Espionage Act uh, that he willfully retained those documents are solid counts. Now, I, I do think we have to wait and see what the defense uh, says and, and, and what proves to be true. But I do think that even half, if even half of it is true, then he's toast. I mean, it's a it's a pretty it's a very detailed indictment, uh, and it's very very damning. And this idea of presenting Trump as a victim here, a victim of a witch hunt. Uh, is ridiculous. Yes, he's been a victim in the past. Yes, his uh, adversaries have obsessively pursued him with phony claims. And I've, and I've been at his side defending against them when he is a victim. But this is much different. He's not a victim here. He was totally wrong. Uh, that he had the right to have those documents. Those documents are among the most sensitive secrets that the country has. He 
they have to be in the custody of the archivist. He had no right to maintain them and retain them. And he kept them uh, in a way uh, at Mar-a-Lago that anyone who really cares about national security, would, their stomach would churn at it. That was Donald Trump's own attorney general, his second one, or actually, his, I should say his last one, his own attorney general, his own fixer and goon, calling Donald Trump toast. And I agree, but you may not. If so, I'd love to hear from you. 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. You know, we have all sorts of people who are always calling in defending Donald Trump. Are they are they calling in yet, Desi Doyen? Do we have any uh, defenders no. on the line? All right, let me know. Nobody has called in yet. Strange. I won't hurt them. I will be very nice to them. I would like to hear their case. As a matter of fact, I would like to hear Donald Trump's case for how he actually plans to defend himself in court. Because as far as I can tell right now, he ain't got a defense. His defense seems to be, oh, Hillary Clinton selective uh, prosecution. Well, if so, I guess they can make that case. That's it. That's all you got. 818-985-KPFK. Bill Barr went farther during that very same interview to explain how the, uh, the documents that Trump is claiming were his own are absolutely not his own, no matter how many times that he pretends as much. This entire thing came about because of reckless conduct uh, of the president. If he had just turned over the documents, which I think every other person in the country would have done, they're the government's documents, they're official records, they're not his personal records. Battle plans for an attack on another country or, or, or Defense Department documents about our capabilities are in no universe Donald J. Trump's personal documents. They are the government's documents. These are official documents. It's inarguable. The president's daily brief provided by the intelligence community is not Donald J. Trump's personal document, period. Yeah, it is inarguable, at least it seems to me, as Barr says, those are not Trump's documents. Yet he and his duped supporters who I guess he is counting on to have not read the actual indictment or somehow being told and or claiming otherwise. Uh, my number is 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. You need to hit button number one when you call in if you want to get on the air since we're in the middle of a fun drive for which you would hit button number two. This is the first chance we've had to open up the phones to listeners since the indictment was handed down by those uh, citizens in South Florida. And frankly, after a weekend of talking heads and legal and national security experts, and we'll be talking to them as well in the days ahead on this show, but after... Uh, Several days of attempts at spin and arguably out-and-out out threats of violence brought by defenders of Trump. I'd love to hear from you, where you are today in the hours before the president of the United States is officially arraigned on a remarkable 37 federal felony counts. 818-985-5735. Are you concerned? Are you concerned about threats of violence? Are you concerned about the case itself and Jack Smith's ability to successfully bring it and win uh, on these uh, charges? Particularly now that we know 
at least for now, an in-the-bag federal Trump-appointed judge, U.S. District Court Judge Eileen Cannon, has for now been assigned to this case. That, even after she screwed up this very case so terribly several months ago, screwed it up so badly that the very conservative 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, including two Donald Trump appointees, overturned all of her rulings in that special master nonsense where she stopped the uh, the FBI from actually investigating the case until the documents were somehow reviewed. So the, uh, these uh, Donald Trump judges actually accused her, another Donald Trump judge, of actually interfering in the DOJ's investigation with her rulings. Are those going to get worse? 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. Let's take a quick break and we will come back with your calls and more right here on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com slash donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. Hey, this is Brad. You're listening to an encore presentation of the Bradcast. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Welcome back. It's the Bradcast, Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. And yes, if you want to call in and uh, take a a victory lap on the uh, back of Donald Trump, you may feel free to do so. 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. I know we've got, like I said, a lot of Trump defenders who listen to this program because whenever we do open up the phone lines, it seems like we hear uh, from all kinds of them. So I would love to hear from you today. Whether you are taking a victory dance, victory lap, or you are infuriated about what is going on uh, against poor, poor Donald Trump. Are you still supporting this guy even after the indictment has now come out? If so, why? 818-985-5735. Why did two of his lawyers actually quit? Why did they or either leave or or get fired the very morning after the indictment came in, even though they appear to have left on good terms with each of them saying nice things about each other? But one of Donald Trump's uh, former attorneys, Tim Parlatore, was on CNN over the weekend, decidedly not doing any favors for his uh, for his former client. Here is an exchange uh, between now former Trump attorney Tim Parlator and CNN's Jake Tapper. Look at this, the storage of this. This is not exactly Fort Knox. Let's show the one with guys in the control room with all, all the image, all the boxes on the stage in Mar-a-Lago. I mean, that's that's a that's a room where everybody who's in Mar-a-Lago has access to. Sure. I had assumed that there was some effort to at least put them in a room and lock them away. That looks inc- that's incredibly reckless. If they knew what was in the boxes, 
Well, yeah. But there have been at least two Chinese national intruders, sure. plus another con woman who pretended she was a member of the Rothschild family. And people at home, you can Google this if you want. It's all out there. Uh, who got access to Mar-a-Lago. And those are just the three we know about. I mean, this is a country club in Florida. I have no idea who had access to it. That's not secure, right? That, that's absolutely right. That's not secure. That's absolutely right. That's not secure, says Donald Trump's own lawyer until about five minutes ago. 818-985-KPFK. You can also, by the way, uh, tweet me. I am the Brad blog. If you'd like to pick it up there, I'll try to keep an eye on my tweets and on my emails. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. Let's go to Joe in Long Beach. Hey, Joe, welcome to the Bradcast, sir. Hello. Hey, what's up? Uh, well, first of all, I'm not a defender of, of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been Democrat. However, um, I have to say that I'm pretty sick and tired of them attacking him. Uh, this has gone on way too long. Um, I, and I have to say that, um, well, they just don't want him to run again, um, probably because he'll win. I think the only candidate that would be his competition is um, is Mr. Kennedy. Um, other than that, it's just another attack to try to get him so he can't run. That's it. And so, uh, so your feeling is that if he announced tomorrow he was dropping out of the race, that all of these crimes that he did would go away? Absolutely. I see. And uh, so when you say you're, you're tired of them attacking him, you're cool with everything that he did as uh, revealed by that, uh, that indictment on 37 Counts? Absolutely not. I'm not cool with anything. Anytime the president, president, excuse me, uh-huh. makes you know foolish choices. However, I mean, since you know I was 18 when 9/11 happened. Uh-huh. Um, since then, we've been dealing with so many horrible choices that our president's been making, so yeah. that I can remember or old enough to remember. So, I mean, if we're going to go after him for this, there's plenty of other things they could go after other presidents for. Okay, so um, I'm good with that. In the meantime, why not go after him, as you as you describe it, for having violated the law, of having stolen thousands of classified documents, of having tried to conceal it, according to his own lawyer, according to transcripts by his own lawyer, telling his lawyer to hide these documents? Uh, if you don't go after him, how do you expect to go after any other president if you, go, if you won't go after somebody who has so clearly violated the law, Joe? Well, you know, I like I said, I'm not a, a again. I don't support presidents making choices that are obviously going to hurt our country. However, it sounds like you do, force, though. No, no, but, but when there's a force that goes after one person so strong uh-huh. on every network, and that it just makes me believe that that force is the greater evil. Did you read the indictment, Joe? No, I have not. Yeah, I, and I'll be honest with you, I think it's all ludicrous. Um, just considering the timing the election coming up, and it's, it's just, it just follows the strand of continuous uh, political mm-hmm. BS that we've been dealing with. Political BS, but you, but, you did, but you didn't read the indictment. You just think it's ludicrous. I believe that another attack is, what we're needing another way to try to put him on trial is ridiculous. He's the president. Presidents aren't going to go to jail. We know this. So let's just how do we know this? How do, how do we know this? And do you think that's right? Do you think that presidents should not go to jail? Do you feel the president should be above the law? Well, I'll be honest with you, if we're going to put presidents in jail, um, there's a lot of other presidents that came before him that should definitely be there already. Cool. Who? I'm not going to be specific. I don't want to. I love my country. I'm not going to do that. 
you love you wait you you love your wait what is what is loving your country doesn't loving your country mean that uh we respect the rule of law that no one is above the law and that if someone broke the law they should go to jail for that just the way you or i would do just the way reality winner went who also loves her country by the way which is why she released one single document and received five years and three months in jail if she received that if a, a, a a a lieutenant colonel just last week in, um, uh, in, in, I believe he's in the Marines, he received three years in jail for doing the very same thing, essentially taking home classified documents, storing them at his house unlawfully. He's in jail now for three years. Why shouldn't Donald Trump be in jail for three years? You're completely correct. Um, I, I'm, I don't agree with them having a superiority over the law when it comes to dealing with stuff like this. However, like I said, mm-hmm. if we're going to go... Um, you know, tit for tat, then we definitely should look into the other presidents, like going into for Iraq, going into yeah, um, other countries that we yeah. that were totally um, inappropriate yeah. and broke international law. Right. Let's do that, Joe. We don't get to that by not uh, indicting, not bringing accountability to these presidents that actually broke the law. So how you can say uh, we, we should bring accountability f- for presidents who broke the law, but not this one, how you can say that makes no sense to me, frankly, Joe, but I do appreciate your calling in with uh, very much with calling in with those thoughts. 818. Yeah. 818-985-KPFK is our phone number. Let's go to Mike in L.A. Hey, Mike, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Brad, I guess uh, satire is not dead. Hey, Mike. Um, What's that, Mike? Good. Yes, apparently not. Uh, Anyway, please proceed, Governor. Yeah, well, um, I know a lot of people are probably having, you know, delayed uh, gratification uh, over the current state of Mr. Trump vis a vis law mm-hmm. and uh, are looking forward to seeing him wear an orange jumpsuit in the Epstein Memorial Penthouse at the Federal oh, Correctional man. Center. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I, I'm saying as strong as the case is, yeah. and as stupidly as Trump has, uh, has acted to basically hook himself on these charges. There are maybe some uh, uh, turns down the road vis-a-vis the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. Uh, I expect that uh, Smith has done a perfect job of meeting the requirements of the law insofar as as the law exists right now. Uh However, as it goes up the chain on appeal, if it gets to the Supreme's uh, watch out. Uh, he's an old Cherokee friend of mine used to say that the local uh, bank people called him their most original depositor. Sort of a, <laughs> a joke about how mm-hmm. uh, he has trouble with numbers. Yeah. And I'm uh, afraid that the current court is in many ways the most original Supreme Court there's ever been yeah. uh, from finding justification for interfering with women's health on the basis of a citation from a couple of centuries ago by a man who burned witches at the stake. Well, I just don't expect that we can count on the law to be the law once well, 
the Trump appointees get a hold of it. I hear you, Mike, and you might be right. That said, uh, they didn't come to his aid when he was trying to steal the 2020 election. And by the way, over the last uh, week or so, they've had some remarkably, incredibly uh, good opinions. Uh, one written by uh, Chief Justice John Roberts, saving the Voting Rights Act late last week. Another one, uh, seven to two, uh, essentially saving Medicaid. So I hear you. No one has been uh, tougher on the uh, corruption of this particular Supreme Court, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, Mike. Thanks for your call. I think they're feeling yeah. the heat, yeah. Yeah, well, I think so. I hope so. Thanks for the call, Mike. Hope you're well. 818-985-KPFK. Let's go to Don in also Los Angeles. Hey, Don, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, I wanted to comment because you had a recent caller that said he hadn't read anything about it, but he was sure this was only uh, an attack on Trump. Yeah, Joe. I, I would say that uh, I have really felt like uh, Trump should have never been the president. I feel that I believe that he was unqualified initially, and he showed a lot of narcissistic when they were on the stage, uh, him and Hillary Clinton, and it became her time to speak, mm -hmm. he, he meandered over behind her and tried to look like a bully. She and I are different. I would have confronted him about that. He'd <laughs> had to take his butt out of my camera shot. And, um, and then the thing that, um, that all along he's committed different, he's done all kinds of things that are horrible, and it's been lagging along, including, uh, including uh, January 6th, which he really was the leader Yep. The lead kingpin. Yep. And um, I think the system has been moving quite slow and uh, and it makes people think. But but I, I don't know. I think he's a, a product of uh, some of our poor education areas, because if you really have some if you look at these things critically and you read and you know what's going on and whatever, as much as you can know, mm -hmm. um, I think you would see that this man is a huge detriment for the United States of America. You would think, but then again, uh, some of these people apparently don't read. Joe did not bother to read. The indictment's only 49 pages. It's got a lot of pictures in it. He may not like seeing those pictures, but, uh, you know, I hear you, Don. Thanks. I, I do appreciate that call very much. Good to hear from you. You bet. 818-985-KPFK. We had someone who was uh, going to defend Joe, but I think they're not there anymore. Looks like we lost them. Yeah, it was a, um, a similar idea that, yeah. uh, you know, the uh, that, that President Biden has also been accused, along with Vice President Pence, I might add, of also retaining classified documents in his house. And mm -hmm. this person, this caller, felt that those were identical and that uh, that Trump and Biden should be treated the same. Well, so, I don't know why we lost uh, him or her. I'm sorry that we did. If you want to call back in, 818-985-KPFK is our phone number. 818-985-5735. You're welcome uh, to make your point there. Uh, it should be noted that when both Vice President Pence and uh, President Trump were discovered to have had documents they shouldn't have had, they allowed the FBI to come in, take them back. They returned them. Yeah, they turned them over immediately. immediately. Yeah. And, of course, Trump actually defied a subpoena for the documents. Completely different. The defying the subpoena is really, Not only really... defied a subpoena, but tried to enlist his lawyer to commit crimes for him, to make the documents go away. Actually is quoted in the indictment saying, wouldn't it be better if we just didn't have any of those documents? As if to say, hey, attorney... Evan Corcoran, please take these away and make them disappear at this point. 
818-985-KPFK. Let's go. We do have someone uh, here. Uh, I don't know if they're defending Joe, but um, Christopher in Long Beach. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hi. Uh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I did want to just say that um, Bill Clinton was, was accused of the same thing. And um, the, when? The, 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 the judges that basically uh, saw the case, they basically said that he has sole discretion as the leader of the executive branch. Ah. Those were his documents. Yeah. His. yeah. He was under, he was negotiating True. with yeah. the authorities to give it back. Right. And that, that um, the, the rating of Miralago was completely uh, a surprise to him. Oh, this so you're talking about sham. you're talking about Donald Trump? Okay, so l- let me let's break this that down. Chris, Christopher, hang on, hang on, Christopher, 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 hang on. I'm not gonna, Christopher, I'm not gonna hang up on you if you let me talk, Christopher. I'm not gonna hang up on you if you let me talk. First off, uh, let's your your point about Bill Clinton. The case in that case was actually a uh, recorded diaries made by Bill Clinton himself. In other words, throughout his time at the in the Oval Office, he would uh, keep a diary by speaking into a tape recorder. Those tapes he kept and ended up going to court and arguing that, in fact, those are my tapes. I own them. I made them. And it was determined by the courts that he was allowed to keep uh, personal documents. Are you suggesting that an attack plan on Iran, as Donald Trump discusses on tape, is actually his personal document, Christopher? It is. If he is, if it's, if it's him, if he, he is the. It's almost like when when we elect a new president, mm-hmm. everything it should be washed away from the previous, and <laughs> everything that it, that he generates to, is his. When, when, uh, you're so let me. So, but he didn't generate this, Christopher. Christopher, he didn't generate the the attack plan on Iran was not generated by him. It was generated by the Department of Defense. It was highly classified. Which he oversees. He's the leader. They are not above him. Well, the president is the top. He was not the president when he had these documents. What makes him uh, be allowed to keep it? Nothing, nothing in our laws says that presidents can take whatever secret documents they want, keep them and do anything they want with them. Nothing. That's actually not true because it's never been truly adjudicated. And and this might be the case that we actually get to do that. Uh-huh. But, but, the, but the timing of it and everything, just like the 55 uh, uh, intelligence officers that claimed that the laptop was fake, this is all election interference. Okay. Well, thank and you for that scary. call. Thank you for that call, Christopher. There is no law, however, that says a president may keep a uh, top secret document or There's any. No law saying or any. There's no law saying otherwise. There actually is. It's called the presidential. Well, the espionage, it's called. The it's, Act of 1917 does not fall. It's not. The, that's not. It doesn't fall under this. Right. That's why uh, he's being charged with 30 counts of doing exactly what the Espionage Act of 1917, uh, 1917 forbids him doing. But when I said uh, there was uh, there is absolutely a law that says he cannot take whatever he wants. It's called the Presidential Records Act of 1975, which is very clear about that, Christopher. No, no. What, so, what, what yeah. does that act, that act of 1975 basically says that he gets to negotiate with the president of the records uh, <laughs> Uh, office uh-huh. negotiation uh-huh. that's the thing that's been happening with presidents since 1975 okay. that's the only one that's being uh, condemned for it and, and look that's not true you just said that bill clinton 
who had that uh, argument about under the Presidential Records Act and it was determined he could keep his private right. papers, not public papers, not papers that are owned, like Bill Barr says, by the people of the United States government, by the Defense Department, et cetera. <laughs> to which he's the head of. And, and, um, no, he's not. Right. Not anymore. No, at the time, at the time, I'm saying... Uh, well, yeah, at the time, he was it was it was August 5th of 2022. Hang on. It was Christopher. It was August 5th of 2022. Who was the president at that point when Donald Trump had those documents made by the uh, Department of Defense? Who was the president at that time? But it, uh, that really doesn't matter because uh, he is the president at the moment. Once he gets those documents, they become his documents. <laughs> yes. He can either, right. either do with them with what he wishes. All right. You're going to be surprised to learn that you're wrong, Christopher, but I really do very much appreciate that call. 818-985-5735. I do. I appreciate him uh, standing up and uh, fighting the good fight, even though he is passing on, frankly, stuff and nonsense that is found nowhere in the law. It is made up largely by Donald Trump and repeated by people for some reason who uh, who support him. Uh, let's go to James in Venice. Hey, James, welcome to the broadcast. What's on your mind, sir? Hi, Brad. I'm going to pull a Morris. It's lock <laughs> him up. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Thank you, James. I appreciate that call. Short and sweet. Just as Morris would appreciate. Uh, let's go to another Mike. Mike in Santa Barbara. Hey, Mike. Welcome to the broadcast. Hi, Brad. Hi, Mike. For taking the call. Sure. Oh, boy, you, gave, you sure gave Christopher a lot more time than he was due. That was absolutely moronic. You know, I mean, but anyway, uh, the, actually, the reason I called was, you know, when people make those comparisons like, oh, Joe Biden had classified documents or whatever, mm -hmm. that's just it's a logical fallacy it makes no difference what joe biden did what oh, the only thing that makes a difference is whether what trump did mm -hmm. was illegal and i think anyone that takes a you know a, an open-minded look at what the indictments are all about and everything he's done so much illegal stuff it's like a slam dunk you so. would think so but you know mike i i would also say that uh if joe biden did the exact same thing cool charge him for it I have no exactly. problem whatsoever exactly. with that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's, the, that's the whole point. It's, but, you know, the right wing likes to use logical fallacies. I mean, yeah. there's lots of ways to have logical fallacies that sound, you know, logical and plausible, but they're not. They're yeah. just, they, 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 again, what Joe Biden did or Joe Blow did or anybody did does not have anything to do with whether what Trump did was legal or illegal. It just doesn't. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the notion that, oh, they should have charged X, Y, Z for this same crime. A, I'm fine with them charging if there's actually such evidence. I mean, Donald Trump was in charge also of the Justice Department for the past four years uh, prior to uh, to Joe Biden. Why didn't they bring charges? I suspect it was because they didn't have the evidence to bring charges that they have now. By the way, as far as giving time uh, to more Chris, more time to Christopher than 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 warranted, uh, you know that's the case. That's the argument that we're going to hear from a lot of people. So I think it's important to sort of have those conversations and and have those discussions. Frankly, whether they're annoying or not, but I hear you, Mike. Thank you, sir, for the call, my friend. All right, let's go. 818-985-KPFK. A lot of folks want to get in here, so I'm going to try to go through as quickly as I can. 
now that Christopher ate up everyone's time. John in Highland Park, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hello. Hello. How can I help you today, sir? Uh, well, I think that it's important to say that this problem did not start with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. It began with Richard Nixon when he was not held to account mm-hmm. and charged. Yep. And that continued when Ronald Reagan was not held to account uh, in Iran-Contra. And mm-hmm. the reason he wasn't was Dick Cheney, ironically enough, now that his daughter has decided that uh, being a patriot is more important yep. than uh, being a, a political fool. Um, the the um, Republican Party has totally given up their legitimacy in terms of the national security of the country mm-hmm. and, in fact, in terms of patriotism, because they simply do not want to deal with anything other than authoritarianism. Thanks, John. I appreciate that call, and I'll have a hard time disagreeing with you about it. 818-985-KPFK. Let me go to uh, uh, Rafael very quickly in Marina del Rey. I'm going to try to get through a bunch of folks, so if you can give it to me in 30 seconds, I'd greatly appreciate it because I'm almost out of time. Rafael, what's on your mind, sir? Yes. I work for a defense contractor, and I was, as a patent attorney, and I was used to handling top secret and secret uh, inventions mm-hmm. and documents, and I was very aware that any misuse or um, not pr- uh, protecting it uh, properly would cause me to be um, charged with um, abuse yep. or whatever the you know uh, Trump is mm-hmm. accused of. Yep. And so it was very well known. Yeah. Thank you, Raphael. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people in the uh, national security industry that would agree with you and are watching this agog, wondering what the hell Donald Trump thinks he's actually arguing here. Let me go to uh, Matt in San Fernando. Hey, Matt, welcome to the broadcast, sir. 30 seconds. Hit me, brother. Hey, thanks. Uh, Raphael's got a nail on the head. It's improper storage of classified documents is a high crime. Yep. Not a misdemeanor. <laughs> no, I hear you. That's why I keep saying there's a lot of people in jail for a lot of years for doing a lot less. Thanks for the call, yeah. Matt. <laughs> I really appreciate right. it. 818, uh, he was a former Marine, by the way, I believe. 818-985-KPFK. Let me go to Brian in Venice. Hey, Brian, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Brian. Is the- oh, close, close is enough. Hello. Yes, go ahead, Brian. The law is the victim here. Who? Because after, after Trump is convicted. The, the rule, do you, I'm sorry, Brian, Brian, hang on a sec. You said the rule of law is the victim here? Right. Okay. No, he's never going to go to jail. He, and he, he's convicted. And, excuse me. They're not going to put him in jail. So now people are going to have no respect for the rule of law. Well, let's so find, let's find out, Brian. All right. It's a little hard to hear you, Brian. I'm going to let you go, and I'm at the top of the hour. But uh, let's find out. Let's find out if he goes to jail. As I said, if I was his attorney, and I am not, I would be telling him, dude, you want to avoid jail time? You should make an offer today to the Department of Justice. Tell them you will drop out of the presidential race. Tell them you'll take a couple of years of home confinement with an ankle bracelet. Hell, you live in a country club. And, you know, tell them you'll... Perform community service, you'll spend uh, a few million bucks or something. But otherwise, 
you know, you're going to jail. That's what I would tell him if I was uh, his attorney. Um, don't know that he would listen. Uh, let me get, uh, do I have time for one or two more quickly here? Rigo in Monterey Park. Everyone always calls at the end. Oh, uh, hey, Rigo. Yes, hello. Hi. Um, I was I was calling because I was listening to the, the, the gentleman mm-hmm. talking about how uh, Donald Trump, whatever he writes, you know, that's, that's his writing, and so he shouldn't get punished for it or something like that. Yeah, and well, he wasn't even talking about stuff that Donald Trump wrote. He was talking about stuff that, the you know, the the, the Department of Defense wrote, attack plans to go into Iran, uh, you know, a map of how, uh, where uh, foreign countries are keeping their uh, military supplies, uh, nuclear secrets. These are not things that are written by Donald Trump. That guy apparently thinks uh, any president can steal them and they become his somehow. It's it's insane. Well, I'm not a lawyer or nothing, but, you know, I know that when you work for a corporation or a certain company and you write something, isn't it called like intellectual property or something for that company? For that company, so, yeah. Or so let's say so whatever Donald Trump wrote, if he wrote it, <laughs> yeah. was intellectual property of the government. Well, actually, that's what the Presidential Records Act says quite clearly. Uh, there was an argument made by Bill Clinton, you know, if it's personal stuff. Uh, you can hang on to some of it, but you work that out. This was not, this is boxes and boxes of anything but personal stuff. Speaking of Morris, let me give him uh, 10 golden seconds here. Oh, Morris from Long Beach, welcome to the broadcast, brother. Bradley, uh, Donald Trump is not fit for trial, and he is not fit to serve as U.S. president, and that's what's going to come out of that ruling down in Florida. Thank you. I hope you're right, brother. Eight, oh, I can't give you the number anymore. I got to get out. Thank you to everyone who called in. Apologies to those who I could not get to. The conversation will continue, uh, and we will be back, of course, with another broadcast on tomorrow's thrilling edition. My thanks to our board operator today, Wendell Handy, who nailed it. Thank you, my friend. To our producer, Desi Doyen, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download it and all of the shows we've ever done for free at bradblog.com drop me email if you like i'm bradcast at bradblog.com and on the facebook's twitters and mastodons you will find me at the brad blog we'll see you there until we see you here hopefully tomorrow i'm brad friedman good luck world to the Bradcast. We are 100% listener supported thanks to listeners like you who drop by bradblog.com slash donate.